0: hello everyone welcome back to the nerd impact podcast episode 19 Mm. and welcome to halo week we are doing three episodes um on the build-up to halo infinite which we have been waiting an infinite amount of years for um very good very good (laughs) thank you Yep, i'm here all week uh yeah so (laughs) the three videos for this week are going to be covering Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 3 and then Halo Reach. I'm very aware there's Halo 4, there's ODST, there's Halo Wars and Halo 5. Um we'll cover them in a different Halo week down the line, but for now we've we decided the you know the original trilogy and Reach were kind of the perfect jumping off point for now. So yeah, um Halo, guys, Impact, this is a big one, I think, for, for the three of us. This is a main staple in our life, really, especially as our childhood As you know, the, just the kind of game we played together a lot. So, uh, Nath, do you want to jump in first?
1: Yeah, absolutely huge. Absolutely huge, this episode. So, so Halo Combat Evolved was perhaps uh, one of the first video games I ever played. So this is – I got this bundled with um, – my first Xbox of the, which I still have. it's sitting in the living room, still plugged into the TV now so that's you know almost 20 years old at this point. So uh, 2001 yeah. is when uh, the Xbox in November of 2001 I think of uh, is when the Xbox released as well as Halo Combat evolved. So it was around then or 2002 when I got it so I was about you know, three or four years old. So this was this was literally foundational for me. Halo as a trilogy has been not as a, well not as a trilogy as a, as a whole franchise has been one that I've been incredibly invested in. You know, I've, I've played all the games, I've read a lot of the books, which are incredibly good as well, which we'll get into at some point. But um, I'm a huge, huge fan of the series. Master Chief is is one of my favorite characters of all time. And, uh, you know, I, I've I played these games to death, you know, with, with you guys and, and with my friends. And uh, yeah, I, I think Halo Combat Evolved is quite, you know, reasonably considered one of the greatest video games of all time because of it. So, I mean, I, I don't know. What about you, Ben? I mean... We replayed a lot of it together.
2: I mean, yeah, every time you're up uh, around Grandma and granddad's we'd play get the old mm. Xbox out. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Halo for me, uh, my earliest memories of gaming in general, bar Tekken, was mm. Halo. Um, yeah. First shooter, first game I've completed all the way through, first game I really went up on the difficulties. I, lo- I like doing the progression from Normal mm-hmm. to heroic to legendary. I mean, as much as legendary is a bitch, it's, <laughs> it's still fun. Um, So yeah, I mean, the whole franchise is obviously it's a staple of every of my childhood and my my being now. Mm. Uh, now, nah, one, I was just fondly remember. I'm always always the turtler, always player too. But uh, <laughs> I <have> that <laughs> But yeah, it's just a solid game revolutionary
1: absolutely i mean aiden as, as ben has just mentioned he is of course being delegated to the the gunner role in the warthog but i uh... mean he,
0: he, he laughs at that but that was me when we first got the xbox so we got the xbox of christmas 2001 yeah um, my dad got it i don't want to say got it for us i think he just got it as a household <laughs> thing because we had a ps1 yeah and um, that was kind of our you know, main console. So you know, hence Ben said, I I grew up with you know like Abe's Odyssey and Exodus and um, Tekken Three, mm-hmm. uh, Grand Turismo, them sort of things. So yeah. we got the Xbox. You know, completely different platform, brand new. You know, obviously before they were big competitors, but um, we got and we got Splinter Cell. I think we got Splinter Cell, Munch's Odyssey, and Halo. Mm. So we ended up. Um, me and Dad ended up playing Halo. Together, so I was, you know, I was relegated to player two. So you know, my first experience, I was player two, but you know, it still the experience was there. Um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. I mean, you know, we smashed through it. And, um, you know, I remember very, very um vividly that we uh, came back New Year's Eve. God, it must have been uh, yeah, it must have been two thousand and one. So wow. we, we went through it quite quickly, but um, we got we got to the final uh, mission, the more. Um, on new year's eve and final um, oh, wow. mission but you know we were playing it at midnight just after new year and mm-hmm. um, so yeah we we finished uh halo on on new year's day of 2002 but um you know that you know we'll get into that but yeah that that is one of the earliest memories i have of playing the original xbox it was basically halo Split this element which is obviously like the key games that i remember playing a lot of you know we got more as we went along but yeah especially halo um yeah that that that's just stuck in there. um, And I played it again, you know, over the years. And obviously I think, you know, as most people probably do, I replayed it, you know, imminent release to Halo 2.
1: Mm-hmm. um, So again, I
0: played it again, but I mean, the replayability on this game is just endless. I mean, I've played it, God knows how many times I brought it on Xbox 360 when they remastered it. Oh, and then yeah. I brought it again on uh, the Master Chief collection on Xbox one. And and again, I, I think I played it through normal heroic legendary each time. So you know i'm probably looking in my high teens the amount of times i played the campaign and then you've obviously got the multiplayer that they had more so on the combat evolved remastered yeah, um, yeah timeless and you know uh, staple staple game really
1: no I, I've, I mean we're all on the same page here this was absolutely a foundational game for all of us it struck right at the time when we were, we were young and uh, yeah the, the xbox was my first console and uh, i was an xbox gamer as i have mentioned before in like case of war episode I've been an Xbox gamer most of my sort of life, but until I sort of picked up the PC in about 2010. But I, I what I was, I was looking it up recently. I, I think it's absolutely crazy that there was a time uh, in the gaming industry where that we had Halo 2, and then two years after that we had Gears of War, which is just mind- yeah, we had a
2: really good time. <laughs> That's just
1: mind blowing to me. Like it, it just it's a totally different, totally different time. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, Halo Combat evolved. First game I ever properly played. Huge for Ben. Huge for you. And so, yeah, I think it's just one of these ones. I, I've been really excited to talk about Halo. because, I mean, as you can see, thanks, courtesy of Aiden, I've got the uh, Master Chief's his uh, Mark Six armor from um, Halo 2, 3, and 4, if I'm correct. And I think Halo 5 as well, but that's a slightly different type of uh, armor of some sort. But um, the Mjolnir yeah. armor and the helmet, uh, that was... Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of the Halo sort of expanded universe. So, so the lore, like, I played... Halo, both. Well, I haven't played Halo Halo Wars two, but I've played Halo Wars, and I still own on my Xbox three hundred and sixty. And as I've mentioned, I've read a lot of the books, so Halo to me means a lot more past just you know Halo Combat Evolved. Like Combat Evolved, is the root of quite quite a significant portion of the passion of my youth. Really, is 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 that you know as I said, like I'm very heavily invested in the world. Like it's crazy to me, you know, because I recently almost just well just this afternoon. I replayed uh, the majority of this game Halo Combat Evolved on on my original Xbox with an old Xbox controller on a, on a, on a new TV I'll give it that but it was a pretty close experience as you could get right to to the original it ran it ran really well I I mean I'm I'm a PC gamer so I'm used to you yeah. know 60 fps 144 hertz and all that sort of thing but even then I didn't aside from the first mission where we are you know uh, you're trying to evade the borders on the Pillar of Autumn, I was like, it, it took me a little getting used to like the low low texture and all that sort of thing. But when I got around to uh, like the Silent Cartographer, one, one of the most iconic missions in the game, and one of the most iconic missions of any sort of campaign across any game, uh, I, I was actually genuinely surprised that like the, the graphical fidelity and, and, and how it still looked good and the atmosphere that they're able to create in this game is, is incredible. Like the first, your first step onto um halo i can't remember the name the, the name of the array i don't think delta halo is halo 2 i'm pretty sure certain but it's i can't remember the installation number for this one but um yeah for, i
0: not remember either <laughs> yeah the, the,
1: the first halo you step onto and just looking up and, and seeing the skybox with that ring sort of you know stretching up and in, 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 into into space is still so overwhelming with 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 the um of martin o'donnell and michael uh, yeah Michael oh Santoro score, I believe it is. Absolutely incredible,
0: completely. Yeah, incredible. I mean, you know- Sorry, Michael, we,
1: Michael Salvatore, just- just
0: Yeah. Just super obviously we cool. can't have music, but you know, I think everyone knows the second that choir of- oh, Everyone just goes, yeah, chant. Yeah, yeah, I'm, back. I'm back to being a child again. It's all good, everything's fine. I mean, um, the,
1: it, it is sorry, brilliant. Now, but, the, sorry, I was just yeah, gonna yeah, say
0: that. What made Halo epic? Yes,
2: it, it transformed a pretty cool shooter to an epic sort of cinematic universe for me. Absolutely. Just, every scene you're in, you feel like you're, you're in a film or something and you, you feel like you're there.
1: I, the, the game would be a fraction of, of you. Know, it would have the fraction of the impact if it wasn't for that score. This, you, the feeling of being Master Chief, of being on this, this alien installation, the feeling of, of, of you know, fighting the covenant and fighting the flood as as we all get on to is is just incredible like it's it's molded by the sound design and and the score the the amount of 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 passion that went into this is just obvious you know it's 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 bungie's masterpiece and and it deserves to be considered one of the greatest games of all time because of that that it's a full package it's not just a revolutionary sort of first person shooter with a fantastic narrative behind it it is also just, just a a, a, a gameplay design and and also you know, sound design and, and music musically scored just a masterpiece yeah 100 percent. i mean
0: to think as well you know the graphics on the ps1 everyone thought was pretty damn good revolutionary and xbox just came out of nowhere i mean halo had no right been that good looking especially mm. as a launch title yeah and, and even to this day as you said because you know you know I recorded some footage for this video, and um, I used the anniversary edition on the Xbox One. But obviously, you've got the function where you can change from the remastered graphics to the classic graphics. And yeah. yes, okay, there's clearly a jump. But if you go back to two thousand and one, that stuff is absolutely incredible. Oh yeah, like they got a you know a, such a broad world put onto this game in two thousand and one, where you know most. Most games, you know, were, you know, had a few frames or mm. would kind of re, uh, copy and paste the scene, and you'd basically just go on to the next thing, like the beat em ups and stuff. This, this, every level had a unique design to it. Yeah. There's something you remember about each level. I think the only one that they kind of double back on themselves, but again, you play it in reverse, so it's quite clever. Is um, the assault on the control room and. Oh, uh, yeah is it two betrayals i think yeah they're the only two um levels that you replay but you play them in reverse so it's quite clever and you don't feel Mm -hmm. like you're actually playing the same level which is great um but yeah and like you said the story is what i think brought people into this world and and why they've got so many sequels i mean that's why you know and we'll talk about it more in halo 3 but halo 3's hype was so huge because it was left Mm -hmm. on a cliffhanger from halo 2 yeah and again well, that invested in the story and this was before multiplayer even came into it this game won you solely on a campaign which you know in modern days is pretty hard to do really I don't think many people go in solely for stories and campaigns anymore
1: No I'd, I'd definitely say that there's been quite a significant shift in in, in the wider tastes of, of audiences that uh, since the emergence of games like League of Legends and uh, I guess you have to say Fortnite as well and the yeah, Battle Royale craze all that sort of thing people tend to be more competitively minded in their games now that they they don't pursue the campaign the same way. i mean i mean quite obviously is the fact that halo infinite you know the the, the latest in, in, installment in the halo franchise has their multiplayer release separately as a free-to-play oh. version rather than the you know the, the campaign as a separate you know single purchase which which is quite telling if you if you think about it that the, that they, they want to capture an audience with with the multiplayer gameplay but they know that that unfortunately that's probably where most of the demand is going to be is that you know we're in a bit of a a drought of of new sort of shooters anyway so if if, uh, 343 industries do it right which i think they've had a shaky sort of start with with the beta but um uh yeah it it seems to be the case that they 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 will hit a, a very you know potent market there that people want that competitive side but as you said for me and and obviously for, for a lot of players that the, the story was it was a huge part of it and you know you mentioned the cliffhanger ending of halo 2 but what a way what a way to finish a game i mean halo halo 2 just to be clear that halo was never intended to be a trilogy so yeah. Bungie sort of had to sort of pull it out of nowhere and uh halo 2 as well was 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 sort of um was swamped by sort of uh, development issues and budget cuts and that yeah. sort of thing so the the cliffhanger cliffhanger ending resulted from that but the way they did it the well, chief what are you doing Finishing the fight, just
0: yeah. Oh. I mean, back to Combat Evolved, though. That even though they didn't plan for sequels, they did mm. kind of leave it open but intentionally. But you know, that again, that ending's so iconic. And you, know, as as technology became more advanced, people, you know, the bit where it's like, no, I feel like this is just the beginning. Then takes his helmet off, but it yeah. pans out. You don't see it. People have, you know, have um, gone on to like design sites and they've gone on. You know, I'm not very tech savvy, but they've like basically tried to look what's under. Yeah. And and Bungie basically middle-fingered everyone and put a second Master Chief helmet on top. Yes, they yes, we did. The Master Chief's helmet again. They kept the identity and that enigma of the character absolutely solid. Completely, I mean, just, you know, all you've got a name in is, and, you know, if you do the legendary ending at the end of four, you get some eyes, but you, you know nothing about this character, and that's kind of what makes it so cool, is it's left up to your imagination what's inside that character. It can be you for all you care no There's that a little bit of mystique behind mm. every like awesome character the
2: little bit of mystery mm. you don't exactly know what he looks like but you know he's you've just got this image in your head of some badass looking guy um, underneath that armor
1: and i mean as aiden said it, it, that sort of almost as as, um, as iconic as master chief is especially his helmets and all that he is a sort of faceless you know vessel right that you can and i'm very guilty of that of like you know, projecting yourself onto that that's you just slaughtering covenant and, and just being an absolute badass. But I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it is worth say you know, providing a bit of context for the story because uh, it was, it's it interesting because I'd forgotten, um, as someone who's quite well aware of the law, like I played Halo Reach, read The Fall of Reach. Uh, I've read all of, you know, Master Chief's backstory and, and The Fall of Harvest and all that sort of thing. So to, I didn't realize, well, I'd forgotten at least because it would be been an, over a decade since I last played Halo CE. Um, I'd forgotten that it starts on a sort of cold open almost that you have the pillar of water emerging from slip space and yep. that they, they suddenly start talking about these covenant frigates being pursued and I mentioned reach. They mentioned the cold protocol and Cortana's there. There's very, very little context provided to the player. And if you think about in 2001, that this is a whole new franchise that no one actually understands what any of that means it could be, i was surprised that it, it could be you know relatively overwhelming for a new person to, to sort of understand what the master chief has the, the significance that he is and you know i think it's fantastic it's, it's amazing that, that 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 people took this character who who really didn't have much build up if you, you know compared to you know other, other sort of legacy characters uh, he just sort of remained absolutely rock solid within the cultural zeitgeist i think that's so interesting really
2: I think is 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 the initial time you see him. It's just, I mean, I, I can see it in my head right now. Where he steps mm. out. To the park. Yeah, he just looks like a main character should. He is so obviously out of place, but mm. owning place, um, and you can just tell that something epic is going to go on with him. And it's so thought that alone got me hyped for him. From what I remember, the first time playing that mission, just when he steps out, it's just. He's a he's a tower above them
1: all. Yeah, yeah, and I mean his voice actor does such a superb job. I I can't remember his name. Is is Glenn something I believe? Um, sorry, I, I should definitely pull that up. Uh, but just just like as I said, like uh, finishing this the fight and stuff like that. The way he d- delivers his line, that and Cortana as well. Cortana's just her voice actress, The way she speaks and everything is burned into my skull. It's super. But she delivers everything. is is just so Steve Downs is is, is the voice actor yeah. of Master Chief. He he is incredible. This he's the Master Chief isn't a you know a voiceless protagonist like a, you know some some other franchises that that it, he does have <laughs> Doom guy So sorry,
0: Doom Guy. I was gonna oh do yeah, well back.
1: Yes, sorry, that was quite an obvious one. The Doom Guy is you know, completely mute and doesn't say anything. But uh, Master Chief does say something, but very little. So he he does yeah. comment on things and he does deliver awesome one liners, but uh most of the talking in the game is and most of the situational awareness and things like that is covered by Cortana. So, you know, she's she's an AI that's put into his into his helmet. And she's basically integrated with his Mjolnir suit systems and she basically talks to him in his head the entire time and you feel that as a player, like she'll give you little hints and stuff to as, well as the where to go and, and all that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, she's it's almost like a, a, a straight straight guy and a funny guy sort of because she does have quite a Jovial um, script sometimes, yeah. Like she does point out, like it's always like a little bit of sarcasm or uh, just some a little bit jovial, and it's it's nice to have that sort of parallel between the two.
1: Absolutely, the, 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 you know, you've got Chief Stoic Silence with uh, sorry, it's, it's Jen Taylor who voices Cortana, and uh, I think she's doing the weapon for for Halo Infinite as well. So, but she also the voice actress of um, uh, Sarah Halsey, so like the original creator of the Spartan program which, which is more the specific it's a reach thing it's a reach thing but also dr halsey is, is a very very significant figure within the wider law of, of halo and all that because cortana was sort of based upon her personality so just, yeah they share the same voice actually they speak the same way and all that sort of thing so it's it's she's she's i i was I, one of the notes i did have <laughs> that is i'd forgotten how terrible the original cortana design was oh it's so bad in halo suit she's she's an absolutely blocky terrible purple mess and uh she's of course Hmm. uh, for for people who don't know cortana is represented as as a sort of hologram with sort of like a in in halo suit more more purple than blue but throughout the franchise she becomes more of a clear light blue but she's she's this it's a woman's form with, with short short black hair and she's sort of made of scrolling numbers sort of matrix style but uh, a very very iconic presentation but in sailor sea she just looks terrible <laughs> absolutely terrible but um i mean it, well, what did you guys have a, f- a favorite mission from the campaign as I, i've sort of mentioned like the silent cartographer in that but
0: oh um it's probably the more
1: The more this is the final mission of the game
0: the final level yeah that that yeah. that's the one i probably go back to the most and you know we'll that that, that five-minute countdown and mm-hmm. just the whole build-up to it, you know, having to, like, blow up the uh, Pillar of Autumn and that, yeah, that just that whole race-against-time feel. But um also, it, when you know it's the final level, you almost feel it's the final level, so you go all out. um And, yeah, like like I said, so, you know, people who are aware, aren't aware, the more um, your final, basically, third act of the campaign and the final level is... You have to drive your warthog, which is like basically an s, like a army military SUV. You yeah. have to drive that boy. Uh, I have basically an exploding spaceship. Um, and you have a, you know, I think uh, I'll double check, but the counter differs depending on the difficulty. I think. Yeah, it does. It's five minute on normal heroic. And then I think it's four minutes, 30 seconds on legendary. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically you have that amount of time to get out or the, you know, you lose and you have to start back from the checkpoint. Um, And then, you know, I think what made it even more iconic and made me love the level even more is when they obviously released on 360 and Xbox one and you had the achievement, you had, you had like two or three specific achievements to that level. So I think there was one that you had to finish it on legendary. There was another one we had to finish it on legendary with like I think a minute spare, which you know, right. means you have to be so precise on how you drive this level. And mm. you know, anyone watching the YouTube video and uh, you will see <laughs> I suck at it at the moment. Like getting back into the Warthog's control system was very clunky, and I yeah. fell out a lot. So I did not. I wouldn't have made it on legendary. Um, and then the final one, which goes in nicely, is the other achievement is don't fall out on the last final front uh final five minute run yeah um because there's a lot of bits where you know it throws your warthog out uh, out of whack or if you drive too fast over something it flips you so yeah again i you know i dedicate a lot of time to that level so i think that's by far my most iconic level but not to say that the rest of the campaign hasn't got some absolute inspired levels really i mean yeah
2: i mean like like naff silent cartographer is an amazing level mm-hmm. but i think for me personally and it's a bit of a surprise for aid um it's the library Fuck that really library. oh god absolutely my favorite level purely because of the atmosphere and I, it just mm. stuck with me my entire my entire journey through halo just that it's i, I mean, had in mind how
0: young i was at the time yeah yeah it, it's yeah. quite a quite a scary level um i can only just imagine deal with that level on the remastered version because they brightened it up and made it more actually noticeable yeah because it's, talking about copy and paste the, the whole level looks the same it absolutely does yeah. but on the original halo combat evolved it's basically pitch black and you're just <laughs> walking around following the monitor and you have no idea what's going on whereas at least in the remastered, they spruced it up brightened it up made it a bit more you know different and uh, but yeah, and again, that level of legendary is just an absolute nightmare. That was probably the longest level it took, like for me to complete on legendary for sure.
1: No, that 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 is probably, an, I would say, a low point because it's still a good mission, right? But it's just very tedious, especially on yeah. on, on the higher difficulties. You're basically just following the absolute prick that is three four three guilty spark, <laughs> uh, the custodian of uh, the installation, who I who I despise, really really hate guilty spot yeah, he's, he's also he's, a his fantastic voice
0: character. like i think when you know spoiler alert he's a bad guy
1: mm. well you know, i mean he's he's technically not a bad guy is he's, he's, he's more just following protocol and he's it was kind of right he's a
0: bad guy by the end of 3 and you know exactly why he is i know
1: i know but i mean so, uh, no relatively, right. relatively speaking i'm just being pretentious an about Antichrist it but, yeah, yeah yeah he's just basically oh, okay. Him. I'm <laughs> sure. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. But um, he, he's effective. So I think it's, it's worth explaining, as I, I suppose it's just the basic background. I won't go too, too heavy into the law for no, people, people who no, people no. don't understand, but as it is a cold open, as I've mentioned, uh, Halo, effective, well, Halo Combat Evolve effectively starts um, from the Pillar of Autumn fleeing through slip space, so sort of like fast and light travel. Effectively, Cortana programs random coordinates and fires this UNSC frigate. So the UNSC is like the wider fate um the wider military force of the uh, you know confederated confederated earth colonies basically so it's 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 in the 26th century so we have you know colonies on different planets um we have a sort of inter in, inter interplanetary navy and stuff like that so and effectively they're at war with with the covenant uh who is this sort of pseudo religious uh combination of 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 hierarchy of aliens who are effectively pursuing uh the great journey um which is so i suppose i should give more, more context to that but effectively the the pillar of autumn this awesome looking frigate design and, and i haven't mentioned in my notes is that one of my favorite things about halo is the ship design. the 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 the, mm. the, the sort of uh, dichotomy between the very blocky very very angular unsc ships which are all sort of like big blocks or sort of like stuck together yeah they look really cool but they are still effectively sort of blocky. especially the pillar of autumn it's like like a jenga tower almost with different layers of black. Nice, yeah. yeah and compared to the really really sleek designs of, of the covenant warships which you don't see too much in in, in halo uh, covenant evolved uh covenant evolved aside from the uh, the frigate truth truth and reconciliation which is another great um uh, mission in the game but the sort of the, the the contrast between the two designs uh but yeah basically the pillar of autumn is fleeing uh, the destruction of reach which we'll get into in in the halo reach episode um, and, yeah, they basically become under attack uh, by this uh, f- sort of standing covenant force that was waiting outside a halo array, which is, you don't know at the start of the game, but it's effectively just a giant orbital ring uh, sort of orbiting this planet. And so they, the plurifortment gets forced to, to, to make landfall, effectively an emergency crash and, uh, uh, as they're bordered by, by the covenant. And so the whole of halo takes place on this installation, which is built by a race of uh, people called the Forerunners. And they're very, very, very mysterious in, in Halo Combat world. You don't know, learn too much about them, but as the you know franchise and the trilogy progresses, you learn more. But effectively, they they have very, very they had very, very advanced technology, and the Covenant wants it basically, is, and so you're there to, to stop them. So you know it doesn't give you much explanation as why to, you you you're fighting the Covenant, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, for, for me, I think as I've mentioned, iconic missions, just getting back to it because I, I wanted to to just flex my law muscles a bit there, but um. <laughs> Uh, getting getting back to, to my, my favorite mission, um, I'd definitely say, uh, I think 343 Guilty Spark, actually, would be uh, well, one of my favorite, but perhaps the most impactful because I was replaying it today and I still find it terrifying. Really, yeah, it's a strike horror
0: film that, that level.
1: It's fantastically done because it, it's, it presents such an enormous tone shift in terms of not just not just the gameplay the, the the feeling of threat the, the music changes a lot and also the sort of level design changes as well because these very cramped corridors very small spaces and this all looks very you know, very similar which is one of the problems with it like you get lost immediately but effectively what oh, takes <laughs> what takes place in this mission is that you'll find you're, you're chasing well you're look, trying to find captain keys the the, the commander of, of the pillar of autumn and you basically go into his last known occasion which is just in the swamp and so you go through this forerunner facility and you find all these dead Covenant and all these dead Marines. They keep progressing through And like, it's very quiet. There's not, there's almost no music aside from this sort of like, it's sort of like a, a, a at some oh, point, isn't it? it's like a hum, like a like sort of thrum. I, I, I don't know how you describe it, but it's like, it has not intercus- so It's almost
0: like someone just like, basically like screeching down a violin, isn't it? It's a
1: very unsettling sound. And this sort of progresses and, and you aren't fighting many enemies, but you're sort of moving through these doorways and through these spaces until eventually you find this, i've totally forgotten about it but you walk through this door and there's just a marine who's just losing his mind he starts shooting and he won't shoot, stop. Yeah. yeah he won't he won't stop until you shoot him and so you kill this marine who's, who's obviously you know you, you haven't they've, they've been fantastic allies for the entire time and and, and i do love the UNSC marines like their voice acting is incredible but um yeah and and so basically an ally and he's just losing his mind saying "I, you know, I don't want to be turned into one of them I don't want to be turned into one of them so you keep progressing through and then eventually that this this you open this door, comes up, and this cutscene starts, and it's quite a long cutscene for the game. Like I think, I think it's one of the long, longest. It's
0: good five minutes, yeah, it's good five minutes.
1: Yeah, and and effectively, what happens is the chief gets this this private, this marine called Watkins, uh, I'm pretty sure, um, and and he basically taps into his helmet feed, and so it turns into this sort of found footage horror movie almost and it, yeah it, and
0: we've got we've got that clip as well so we yeah yeah so up.
1: hopefully hopefully you guys are seeing it now but i mean with us talking over you won't really get the, the same sort of sense of dread and atmosphere
0: it genuinely scared the shit out as me as a kid oh, like obviously yeah. like i said I in 2001 so i was what mm-hmm. math time eight yeah. so that that you know i mean this was a 15 as well so you know i shouldn't technically be playing it and i think the reason it was a 15 was probably for mainly this level mm. and okay yeah but it was aliens so maybe the violence um and then there's just a bit of profanity which also is one of the like most vivid memories i have of cortana <laughs> is where she pops up after he comes back with um the monitor and she's like do you realize what that bastard almost made you do and obviously i was eight and i was like oh she said bastard oh
1: God. <laughs> but no i mean that that for me it stands out as you know this is of course the a great where, level. where the flood gets yeah. revealed so you basically find out that all the. The reason that the halo arrays exist is to eliminate the flood, and I won't go into too much. Well, I will because I want to. And basically, the halo arrays exist. Because there's more than one. Basically, the forerunners created the halo array because the flood, which is what's paras- parasitic life form, uh, like it basically t- takes over other life forms as a host and sort of spread from outside the galaxy. And so, the f- the forerunners, in all their wisdom, realized that the only thing they could do is take genetic material of every single your sort of living thing and store it within the arc which as mentioned in halo 3 so i'm jumping a little bit ahead but um effectively the halo ray wipes out all life in the galaxy in order to starve the flood effectively so very very you know, f- uh a, a very very last resort sort of thing but that's what as as, as uh you mentioned that, that that's what 343 guilty spark tries to get master chief to do is to activate the halo array and basically delete all life uh on 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 in the surrounding sort of uh, solar system because there has been, a, you know, as you mentioned, the flood escape on on the uh, on uh, the halo installation. So, of course, there's there's very few things mm-hmm. you can do against the flood infestation. So, one of those being uh, activating a halo array. So, yeah, and that that's why uh, you basically, you know, the, the final mission is of them all is is to you know, uh, override uh, the reactor of the pillar of autumn to blow up the halo ring, effectively. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's there's, there's a lot going on in the story that there's you know, you, you don't just have, you have you don't just have one enemy; you have another, and the way it's presented is so brilliant that this flood is a very very unsettling enemy. They're all just sort of like tentacled orbs. But um, yeah, I mean, what about you guys? Is, do you have any particular highlights, or maybe more the gameplay of, of, of playing through Halo?
0: Like I said, I think the warhog and, and just driving any of the like you know the, the scorpion tank and stuff was again that was like huge and revolutionary. Again, especially for someone who had played, you know, stuff like Tekken or Gran Turismo and them sort of things, you were kind of, I got best of both worlds. You got to play in vehicles as well as shoot 'em ups, <laughs> um, and and yeah, like driving the tank on. I think it's a assault on the control room. That's a great yeah. level, you know, just when you have to like take out all the wraiths and stuff. That's amazing. Mm. Playing with the Banshee for the first time as well yeah. on um, two betrayals. You know, you get to steal the covenants um vehicle for the first time uh well one of the like more let's say, important or you know special unique ones um because you can ride ghosts here there and everywhere um yeah that was a good one i mean obviously weaponry i mean uh, you know as we've got behind <laughs> it we've got the uh, the big That's plasma right. rifle boy and um, that that was again that was an amazing design for a good yeah um, the, ne- right. the needler as well Sorry. i
1: mean uh, think yeah,
2: but- beyond beyond that i mean even down to the unfc um weaponry like the sniper rifle Mm. the the start of um, truth and reconciliation is just incredible so good because it takes you from that sort of battlefield sort of uh intensity to all of a sudden stealth i mean it lasts like two seconds until you Mm. take your first shot but um that that whole atmosphere and having the sniper rifle for the first time yeah well probably um yeah i
0: think yeah that's a great that's quite level as well actually i forgot open it.
1: i think it's interesting how you transitioned from very quickly from the first mission which where you're being boarded so you're on this very tight cramped corridors of, of this uh of the pillar of autumn and uh, it's all very close quarter combat and then as soon as you land on halo i was surprised by how um, non-linear the game was again i would forgotten that you're basically just dropped off with a warthog and basically left in this semi sandbox and and you just have to try and figure your way out like there's very, yeah. very 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 few like there's no you get a few sort of markers but they're very f- few and far between like there are many points where I was genuinely lost but if you uh, look yeah
0: for, for sure you know yeah. when you have to find the um the re- remaining marines yeah and, that, and they're, and they're, they're mean, all they're like east west south north like yeah. I think I spent must have been spent about an hour trying to find the right canyon at one point and it, yeah you know it, it, there was yeah you you did have to almost have a bit of trusting yourself and you were kind of left out in the lurch.
1: yeah and i was just the second
0: and, level is, is mad really
1: it's kind of yeah it's, it's crazy but it i think it's, it's cool because it puts a bit of uh, you know onus on the player to figure things out really which which yeah. games nowadays tend not to do is that maybe maybe now i, I did feel playing it through is like well why can't i just open a map and set a waypoint and all that sort of thing like the general convenience of most games nowadays where they sort of effectively give you ways to to, to remove any obstacle In that regard, like navigation stuff like that, particularly navigation with fast travel systems and everything in modern games, that that sort of idea of being lost within a space is 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 quite rare nowadays. But
0: uh, we're spoiled, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think I I just I'd forgotten that feeling of of, you know being like okay, well now I've just got to drive around in in circles for a bit and try and hopefully figure it out, which which I did eventually. But it's it's like that that sort of I, I think unique. Part of that sort of generation is is, is, is you know as, as things progress things will be lost but that is actually you know quite quite a cool thing i think looking back at it now like i'm sure the players would eventually get you know frustrated with that but still i think it's I, I think it's it's an, it's an interesting perspective on how the game design has sort of progressed i think in such a small thing not just having navigation markers but giving the player freedom it's it's such a small difference but I mean, it's quite impactful
0: yeah i think that's a great point and also i think that the difference we had back then in 2001 you know when the internet was still in its infancy was we had to get the like book guides most mm. games you sell guides with you know they were about 15 20 quid but they were you, they were bibles essentially for the gamers. you know you couldn't just pick up a i could like i could go and google now like how to complete that level in under the you know a lot of time, um, and yeah. you could find where the Easter eggs are and stuff. You know, especially when they remastered them, and from I think from Halo Three they had the skulls that you could find to change like customize your games. Yeah. Well, they obviously did that again in Halo Ones, but you then had to scour the maps to end up finding them, which you know you wouldn't have been able to do back in two thousand and one. Which you know I think again it's it's almost a time I'd like to go back to just to relive for a day. <laughs> to try and do a game that I've never played before that is, you know, of that difficulty that doesn't, you know, just completely ignore any guide maps. I mean, to be fair, I tried it with Resident Evil 2, um, the remake. Oh yeah. Um, I tried, you know, doing that by myself, but I, I got lost at one point. And, I, and again, there you go. I had to go on the internet and Google how to do it. I usually had to get to a certain point, but you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't an option. You'd either have to ask someone or you'd have to, you know, restart the game or flip through the, you know, the manual really
1: it's terrible modern modern conveniences has destroyed modern gamers we're just absolute slaves to the internet now and every problem can be instantly solved i mean maybe maybe it's just sort of dark souls left in the, the terms of not handholding yeah. but even then you can just look up a guide so I, I you know it's just the wider ecosystem around the gaming i think that's sort of changed alongside the game design but i mean you know you, you mentioned like the plasma rifle and uh, one of the things i did want to say is, is i did i did was surprised because I, there was a PC Gamer article recently about how um, Halo Infinite has, has fixed the assault well fixed the assault rifle because uh, especially in Halo Two and and somewhat in Halo Reach as well and and definitely in Halo Three is that the assault rifle your basic starter gun is complete complete piss basically <laughs> yeah, it it's, really is it's terrible but I I was, I was playing through on normal difficulty because I didn't want to you know spend ages. Because again, trying to replay games on 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 an old Xbox 360 controller coming from you know the the, the, the PC landscape is, is a pretty big shift. So yeah. I was playing playing on Norm, but I, I was you know the assault rifle shreds in in Halo CE. Like it's a decent gun, and I mean the, we know like it's very notable than the, the Magnum uh, yeah. in this. So the piss oh, that
0: was op as hell that was
1: absolutely disgusting. I mean, particularly in the multiplayer. So. So for, the, for yeah,
0: three, they took the zoom off it though in Halo two maybe and three no not two three they took the zoom off it in three I, th-
1: I think they took it off at two because in two it's like a, a like a science oh, yeah, there's a black it, yeah. it's more like a I mean it's crab you, I don't think there's any yeah. it's like a little pea shooter basically but in Halo
0: whereas in yeah Halo combat evolved I'd use that more than the assault rifle I'd use it.
1: oh no absolutely until it it so so you a got
0: punch. the run and everything was just you you were just storming.
1: I mean, having shotguns in video games are pretty important thing, right? So you think of like the super shotgun from Doom. Uh, you yeah. Know, think of, I, I'm personally a big fan of the Halo Reach shotgun because I played a lot of it in Infection when I was a kid. Um. Uh. I mean, the, the the Nasher shotgun from Gears of War. You know. Yeah. Having a decent shotgun in a game is very important, particularly when you're fighting things like the Flood. And uh, yes, Halo gives you perfect opportunity especially in the, the library level and uh, in 343 yeah. guilty spark to to really blow things apart with the uh, the shotgun but yeah I, I i think it's interesting seeing how these sort of very iconic weapons have evolved and you know you've got the plasma rifle back there but um yeah i i, I think it's also worth noting um the enemies that you you, you fight because we've mentioned the covenant we mentioned the flood but we haven't provided any sort of you know, obvious explanation for them and uh they're pretty iconic in their own right. I mean, do you guys have a, a favourite?
0: Hunters. Mm. Um, I do like the Flood in one, I'll be honest. I think, yeah, it has to be the Flood. The Flood were the most intimidating, but I think mm. the Hunters, again, until you knew the combo to just tag them out in like two shots. Yeah. But again, as an eight-year-old, trying to deal with the hunters and, you know, having to work out that they're, they're only weak on their back and stuff was really fun. And it was interesting. Obviously they have their fuel rod cannons before mm-hmm. they were named, where they basically, if you've got in line of that laser beam, you would just toast in seconds. I think you
2: also need to remember, um, obviously with two, you've got the introdu- uh, introduction of the, the brutes and that, but yeah, the elite back in the day mm. were actually pretty solid. They were tough enemies. You had the, the fodder grunts and yeah. jackals that but yeah the elites were quite intimidating because they're up they are your eye level or taller i can't, can't
0: especially really. in the silent cartographer where you first see one with a plasma a plasma sword an sword. energy sword
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah, energy sword. yeah the first time you see one of them in silent cartographer it obviously is behind locked doors but then as soon as he comes out he's invisible and all you see is a glowing blooming energy sword and obviously it's a one-shot kill which you don't yeah. realize again until you've dealt with it the first time
1: no, I I mean, yeah, I, like I I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of the grunts because the the grunts are like yeah they're jokes they're, they're ubiquitous right they're everywhere in all the helligans they come in little packs they've got these little like yeah. they're, colored, they're they're orange they're they're blue they're they're red they're all these bright colors and they they just chatter like hyenas they constantly like yeah. they just and they'll sit there with little plasma pistols they they, they 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 even get suicide grunts later on they've got two plasma grenades and they run at you but they're not in, I don't think they're in Halo CE, but they are in Halo Two, and definitely in
0: Halo Three. They might be they might they're, be. I the feel like like they are. Life, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so they're 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 very deadly. Uh, the suicide Cause Even when they die, the the grenades go off. And it's worth noting in this that the grenades in Halo CE are ridiculously powerful. They take far longer to detonate, but they're so OP. Like yeah, if you put like a grenade in front of like um
0: explosives or the, the they have grenades like. I think in the moor, there's a bit where I threw a grenade and literally there's about six explosions just going off. And and if you're in that line of sight, you, you die as well.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like a frag grenade, normal one will, I mean, if you're in the proximity of it, I think it, it, it wipes out your entire shield and leaves you at one bar of health, I think, if yeah. it doesn't immediately kill you. And the plasma grenade as well. Like, it, I did find that, because uh, well, one of the best things you could do with plasma grenade is sticking an enemy with them. And, oh. then, you know, each enemy has unique animations when they get stuck, and they have voice lines and everything. Like the grunts going, "Like get it off me, get it off me," and they start like running. The the jackals freak out. The, the elites like stand and, and, and uh, like, yeah, yeah. The wart wart and uh,
0: oh, that is that is iconic as well. The wood wood wood. Yeah like,
1: yeah. The sort of ambient Facebook sound.
0: Facebook page is called Halo Wart Posting and stuff, like, that's how iconic that random phrases become.
2: Because I think. The, I think and I know we'll we'll talk about it probably in the, the next episode, but
0: two definitely expanded
2: on the elites. A lot. Mm, they yeah. went from just um, massive intimidating enemy to, to something. And I like that in yeah. one it's, it is like I say, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons to doom and that, but they're just mm. enemy just wiping them out.
1: Yeah. And
2: I like how along with the series, it grew into, into the lore that you love so much.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting because when you, you I think it's worth I mean I I, I was uh, I must have I, I was barely been born when they started developing, uh, started developing what would later become Halo. So it was originally I think Marathon, although try, Bungie was trying mm-hmm. to make sequels yeah. for Marathon, like a successor sort of thing. But um, I the context from which Halo was developed, like you've mentioned Doom and like stuff like Wolfenstein, the first person shooter wasn't narrative almost at all like the narrative was just an excuse as to why you're running through these levels and shooting all these different things yeah so it was just more of a backdrop but i think halo was you know one of the most revolutionary first person shooters of all time because it injected a meaningful and emotional narrative and 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 an interesting world into what was primarily just a a a bit mindless you know i mean like very different to like sort of doom eternal and, and 2016 remake but doom you know, uh, the original Doom was 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 very <laughs> very straightforward, right? It's running and gun and a lot of that 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 sort of retro shooter was it's, its own sort of genre now, and it's making a bit of a resurgence thanks to, to to you know the the, the Doom remake in twenty sixteen and, and Doom Eternal. But um, the first person shooter genre was was left absolutely changed by the release of Halo. You know, Call of Duty as well started adopting more of a you know the, the iconic campaigns of Modern Warfare two and stuff like that. You know, the, the uh-huh. Halo you know sequels. Gears of War, you know, we started seeing a shift of, of these shooter games having a big narrative and giving you reasons to move from level to level as to, as to why you're shooting these people, why they mean something, and why they're scary. And I think the, the more energy and, 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 you know, I guess the best way of saying it is, is law behind it, the, the more potent the experience is because, you know, when, when, when you're in the mall, you're driving through this exploding spaceship, but you know what that spaceship is, you know what it means to the humans, you know what it means to the Covenant you know what it means to the forerunners it's like all of that you also care
0: care about the characters which i think you know in a narrative you need to either hate or love someone yeah and you know you were rooting for master chief from the get-go and a slight tangent here but i i literally just came back to me this game was so impactful Mm. to me as 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 you know as a young kid you know Um, again, computers were in their infancy, but they were accessible. So, you know, we did have internet and, Mm. you know, um, all that sort of stuff. But it was obviously very, again, very primitive compared to now. But um, I had Halo, I had like a Halo screensaver on my desktop for (laughs) years. And I can't find it. I could not find it anywhere now. I mean, I haven't properly looked, but um, basically it was like the Master Chief of the front. Then it had like it had, like a try, like a pyramid going up. Of you had his like various allies on one side, and then the different ranks of the covenant. I think
1: I know the one you're talking about. I've definitely yeah. seen that before.
0: Yeah. Amazing, amazing screensaver. And it was, I think mean, it was on my computer as my screensaver for a good two or three years before I changed it or we changed computer. But I remember that so well just thinking about it. It was such a cool design. And again, mm. how much that game meant to me. Is I wanted to show that off on the computer and stuff.
1: I mean, it's, it's crazy when you think about it because I, I suppose one of the side, side points as well is, is uh, the, because the, I don't think so much for Halo CE, but definitely for Halo 2 when Xbox Live sort of kicked off with, with Halo 2. But the multiplayer in Halo, Halo CE, so come back as we've mentioned, um, like it eventually did get ported, I think, the year later in, in 2000. Oh no, no, in 2003, yeah. I think it got ported to the PC and Macintosh. Yeah. And so I guess my... my aside from playing it this afternoon, my last experience playing Halo CE was, because uh, I, I went to a boarding school, um, <laughs> my high school years, and of course, you know, you have very limited internet. Well, I say of course, but at least in my school you did. You had very sort of lim- limited internet access, online games you couldn't replay. And so that left sort of LAN games. And what was a perfect option for, for a bunch of board guys in, in a dorm to play was uh, Halo Combat Evolved. So we would literally... Um, you could create a lan network on on a ported version of, of halo ce uh, that people sort of traded around and uh, we would literally in in in, in the time we we're supposed to be doing homework we'd be we'd be in blood gulch with a plasma pistol one shot kill and just absolutely uh, like at least seven of us but um i, I think that, that that core halo experience of the multiplayer is 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 fantastic and it's less less of a thing in ce but as we'll definitely get into in in halo two and three and reach but i mean i don't know if you guys had any sort of experience with the multiplayer
0: but... I, I just had one memory that we used to i think it was either on the multiplayer and we always did it on truth and reconciliation at the beginnings where we used to snipe each other and then pause it because it looked like a matrix bullet was going through you and master chief would like spin as he died from a yeah. headshot we used to like spend like literally hours just shooting each other in the head and pausing it looking like it was a matrix headshot dead and yeah, that, that, yeah that was- I was we we did play like one v one and stuff, and we played it with you as well, like and Ranas, but yeah,
2: the the four of us, well, Malaysia, whoever had her on the team, unfortunately, um, we used to play um rocket, uh, yeah rocket, <laughs> rocket slayer, action. yeah, yeah, always Nath yeah. versus Aiden and May because Aiden had to have the handicap. Yep, uh, absolutely. And then and uh, to be fair, I mean, we were lucky to have four controllers, mm. one of which. Never so, yeah. was oh was the clear one yeah, yeah the clear um, one's
1: terrible I still I still think it's in the box
2: actually <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sort of experience was great mm-hmm. just, just four people sat in a room just all out warfare and with the fact that there's such an arsenal of weapons you could have like rocket matches sniper matches, pistol matches
0: didn't we do bumper cars as well at one point where we just used to get a war yes. hog each and just smash yeah. into it hours on end you also used to do with ghosts yeah
1: but was more volatile i mean that 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 was a hallmark of that generation console generation the split screen the split screen multiplayer i've had i i I don't think i I don't laugh as much as i do as i used to when i was with my friends playing it it, like halo split screen multiplayer was the Mm. funniest and the funnest thing just killing someone with a rocket launch and watching their body go ragdolling was just the height of comedy for me. And it probably still is like, I would probably still laugh out loud. And I remember it used to drive you nuts, Ben, if I remember, like you just used to get so like, it, cause Halo multiplayer in a split screen, it can get very competitive, right? Like
2: yeah, very, very heated,
1: very, very heated. Like people, I, I mean, maybe it's just, we are naturally competitive people, but it, it, I remember getting it, a, plenty of arguments over over, uh, <laughs> over Halo split screen. Yeah, we,
2: were, we, we, we all got
0: very angry. <laughs> Probably why the clear controller doesn't work, to be fair. More than likely, yes.
1: Well, it's just a, just another sacrifice uh, <laughs> in the pursuit of uh, multiplayer perfection that is Halo CE. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll go through some of my notes. I mean, do you guys want to say, say anything else about, about you know, just- I
0: mean, I know we're talking about Halo Combat Evolved and, and mainly the 2001 one, but I must say, I know I've mentioned it a little bit, but the remaster was so good. Mm. The graphics were incredible, and, and, you know, they, it was almost a ain't broke, don't fix it. They did nothing but just up the graphics and make the level designs look a bit more unique. Yeah. But everything else was kept in place. It looked fantastic. The fact that you could switch between old and new graphics with a click of a button, you know, was kind of cool to I, see, I, really see the difference. I remember the
2: first time you loaded up the game and we we pressed that button. The, the surprise,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, uh,
2: of how poor it looked. <laughs> uh, it was just it was a shock because I'd always because you you remember, you remember your, your childhood game so fondly, yeah. Um, and I like to think the graphics were a lot better than they were, but
0: I mean uh, at but, the time though they were ins- incredible. But yeah, yeah, you know, years on when the remaster came out. We came a long way, mm-hmm. and then obviously you know they they ported it onto Xbox One, but that game still runs so smoothly. I mean, you know the controls are a bit clunky when you're driving the vehicles, yeah. And um, but apart from that, really, you know that that uh, that game has unlimited replayability. You know, like I, I like I said, every three or four years, I'll basically just try and smash through the entire Halo series. Not so much four and five, but the original three in Reach, yeah. I'll just go back. And and uh, one is an absolute joy to go through really maybe it's you know rose tinted glasses but on top on, on the other argument it, it's still a really good game to play in general
1: yeah i mean like i literally played it today and i think on an original xbox with the original controls and not even the anniversary edition or anything like that and i i, I think the rose tinted goggles like aren't that strong is that it actually is you know i still think it looks pretty cool like The forerunner designs of the buildings, sort of angular, like the blue lights and stuff like that. I think just the core, uh, like art art style of it.
0: Mm. it, it, I think
1: that just sort of shields it from from the decay of time. Like, of course, the opening cutscene. I was like, oh my god, like their faces don't move. It's really blocky, and it's it. it, At first, I thought I was like, this is looks terrible. Once you actually get into playing the game, Mm. it's not as it's not as it's not uh, as, as jarring, I guess. But I, no. I, I still think in terms of gameplay and f- even visually, I, I, I think even with rose tinted glasses, are, you know, they maximum. It's still, still superb. still yeah. a superb experience. So, but I mean, I, 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 I am sorry. Do you, you want to go on?
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say one note is obviously, as we go on into the sequels, Johnson is such a weird character in the first one. <laughs> yes. so he's a cult fan favorite, yeah. but first one, he's like. Well, he's essentially should be dead. Like I know they mm. retconned it, but he's dead or he's like Johnson's like there's multiple Johnsons. Like he's in the video with Captain Keys, but then he's with you another minute. Yeah. Um so he's he's not a main character, but I'm glad that they went back and thought actually this character could be quite special. Um and like I said in the legendary ending after the more, um, you know, the the ending so maybe it's, you know, non canon. Yeah. But him and him and Elite are are like wrestling with each other, and they see the Pillar of explosion explode, explode oh, it's nice, like, yeah. hold me, and they hold each other, and then, you know, <laughs> the point is they be dead. So, yeah. it, it, interesting retcon, but a smart one for sure. Oh yeah, absolute fan favourite, and everyone loves him.
2: Um, and I like how they, they expanded his lore a bit, making him like one of the first Spartan projects and things. I think he's a, a good character to have mm. had in it. I guess the first one is, is Chief, that's yeah. all you really care about. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously you got maybe keys and that, but it's mainly chief. Um and I say as, as the game's gone, you got like the arbiter um come into and you start caring a lot more. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, like I said, he was just chief. But then they noticed that there were key aspects of the game that fans loved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, even from the first opening cutscene, he's he's yelling at his Marines, you know, like he, the, that whole sort of drill sergeant uh, persona is is so iconic and so brilliant for the character, and it, he does he does, you know, he, he has his spot within the Halo canon, and he deserves it, right? But I mean, you know, I I, I think is I, I think it's interesting the fact that there's so much hidden detail in the game right so I've talked already about like the animations that they have specifically for, for, for hitting uh, people with you know enemies with a plasma grenade right but it's even down to stuff like when you when you melee attack with a needler you, you, you hit them with the needles yeah. which isn't a feature in the the other games it's like they, you just hit with the, like the butt of them but it's it's, it's small stuff like that and uh, you know the, the whole retconning of Johnson and, and uh, like it's, it's the small touches I think that, that make up the hot broad, broader picture i think you know we're talking about what, yeah. what and just just the random sound that, that that's you know an elite makes when he's nearby but you, you can't really see him he's not fully in combat it's just it's a small thing but it it means so much to people and uh, you know like it it's it's crazy how halo as a franchise is full of those sort of things where it's like these small little details which just make the world and the experience of playing a halo game so so important you know
2: yeah, and I think um, going on that, like the dialogue, I think it's actually pretty solid. Mm. Um, but obviously, in, in as we're we'll probably speaking in the later episodes, like the unique, um, like the unique lines that the characters have and um, the, the screen <laughs> have. I mean, yeah. I've been playing Brent Birthday Party on the entire time. I've been playing replaying oh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just those sort of silly things, and I don't know if you guys have heard of. Um, I don't know how long ago it was released. It's called Cursed Halo.
1: Cursed Halo.
2: It's, it's, it's a modded version, and it's like all the guns are either ridiculously overpowered, yeah, completely useless, or just, just random as hell. Just mm-hmm. basically schools, but amplified. Yeah. It's like the you start firing the assault rifle, and it doesn't stop, but when you run out of ammo, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you throw the pistol at them, um, that somehow get it back. Yeah. And um, there's a craft bow.
0: Is this is this a rooster teeth thing?
2: No, no, it's just a it's a, a mod pack, for oh, okay. it, but you have to play it on original
0: um graphics
2: and things because it's obviously ah,
1: okay. Yeah.
2: But that's the first time in probably a year or two that I've seen people play the campaign of one, mm. and it's absolutely hilarious and makes me want to play it so bad.
1: I mean it's it's funny because Aiden, Aiden, you just mentioned rooster teeth. But I mean, we'll
0: go in, in Halo three for sure. But this, well, I mean, it's all started there. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, Ben, you're, you're our, our, our resident rooster teeth expert, but you know, as far as I'm aware, the very first episodes of red versus blue were made in blood Gulch of uh, halo one.
2: Yeah. They, as you were saying earlier with um, in in your dorms and that it started with, um, I think it was Bernie Gus, um, and Jeff and someone else, having like all getting their xboxes and tvs in a singular room yeah and playing halo um and obviously for what that did for what red versus blue did for the halo franchise Mm -hmm. like early mocapping and things um and the humor behind it and sort of having its own separate universe to the halo universe yeah i think that if you just what more can you ask for from a franchise
1: I mean, the the whole Red versus Blue thing spawned into something, like a different beast entirely. Like, they went crazy with it. Like, I think it was on... It's on I think... Is it... You can still get it on Netflix, I think? Yeah, it's on Netflix. But yeah, it's was, it was on, it on Netflix. And this is... That's just... You know, I think Halo Combat War was definitely like the birthplace of basically Machinima's entire concept, which had dominated the internet and, and like, internet culture and everything for, for, for you know, over a decade at least. So... You know, that's, that's, that's the, the the extent of the impact of the game, not just for the people who played it, but the people who enjoyed the content around it is, is is huge, absolutely huge.
0: I think this game will forever have a legacy. And I mean, I know they're still going with Halo, so the legacy is still there. But mm. I think regardless how you feel post-Halo 3, mm. the original trilogy will forever and a day be... Just cemented in time as iconic, innovative, and extremely you know incredible games. And and like you said, Combat Evolved was very much the you know the architect for a lot of modern first-person shooters and mm. narrative-driven stuff and and the lore behind it. Yeah, Halo Combat Evolved literally was a game changer. And you know there are other iconic games before it and they'll have had influence from other games but yeah Bungie really put their time care and effort into this game and and you know we're talking about it just past the 20th anniversary of it and it, it's just iconic and it still holds up so well like there's not many games you can say 20 years down the line still can play pretty well
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's, it's a miracle that it does but it's a testament to the hard work of the Bungie employees making yeah, you know, just an incredible experience in game, and uh, you know, I, like I, I still routinely listen to the the soundtrack of all three Halo games, and you know, as we've mentioned already, that the soundtrack is you know, a huge, huge part of the Halo experience. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's wild to me, <laughs> like the the sounds and everything of Halo, like even the sound of like your shield recharging, and 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 the sound of the grunt, the whole, all of that is just. Like ubiquitous in my mind, you know what I mean. Like it's, it's. I, I, I just feel that sound so much, and uh, you know, especially as, as the soundtrack. But you know, this is. Yeah, we I can't. I can't say enough, and I'm sure you if guys you agree.
0: Want, If you want to transport back to your childhood, you just want something to trigger off, feeling like a child, in, in the best way possible. Just shove Halo on. Yeah. Listen to listen to the uh, main menu screen for a couple of mm-hmm. seconds. And then just click a random level, and I guarantee you'll feel like you're your five, six, eight, nine, ten year old, whatever age you were when this first came out. It will put you right back in that moment in time, and and it's it's joyous, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, Combat Evolved. Um, and next episode we will move on to two and three. Yeah, arguably bigger, or better in
1: some yeah. opinions. Well, I mean, Halo Two is basically just double the halo double the guns double the protagonists really so right. you know they, they just took the core halo concept and just doubled it really so you know and and halo 3 is of course an absolute defining moment in gaming history and we'll we'll get into all that but yeah i think thank you for joining us uh, if you got this far uh, in this discussion of, of, of halo combat of all you know most iconic masterpieces for me and you guys as well but just generally as well for millions of people around the world this is you know a masterpiece and and it's it's clearly standing the test of time
0: yeah 100 percent uh yeah really really enjoyed this episode guys um thank you for listening um join us back uh for the halo 2 3 episode that will be out literally a day or two afterwards as we are first episode down done in halo week and we will see you for episode two